All right, hello, and welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Tani Levitt, here with College Basketball's Assist King, Jerry Meyer. And Jerry, we've, it's a special occasion for the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. And that's because, well, someone asked a question for the first time. That's really exciting for us. How about that? Look at you putting out an early morning tweet, getting us a question. Uh, well done. Yeah, I mean, I think it happened in our previous existence back in the spring. But yeah, we had a little dry spell. <laughs> you, hate, you, you hate to have those dry spells. I haven't so, really been asking. So. Yeah, I, I, so they say, knock and the door shall be open, seek and you shall find. Ah, there he is. There he I is. I've heard that philosopher. somewhere. I don't know where. So before we even get to our rundown, let's, let's jump right into this question. We've got Mbope G, or G Mbope, I really hope I'm getting that right, on Twitter, wants to know about a Michigan recruiting question. He says, chances that Michigan lands one of Josh Christopher or Greg Brown, any possible way they land both? And so, Jerry, why don't you, why don't you let's start with the, who are these guys, what class are they in, and then we can get to, you know, whether or not. Either of them wants to go to Michigan. Yeah, two seniors, five stars in the 2020 class. Uh, Josh Christopher uh, ranked right now in the composite 10. We as a site have him at seven. He recently visited, both have recently visited Michigan. I think they got a really good chance at uh, Christopher. Wow. He actually, the last five crystal ball picks, uh, starting with Sam Webb, who runs our Michigan site, have been Michigan. I picked Michigan a little over a month ago, and I think there was a, a pick following that. But I think Michigan's in a great spot. Uh, they have a great connection with uh, Coach Howard, and I I don't think they're feeling as good about Arizona State and UCLA as they are Michigan. Arizona State and UCLA were thought to be his potential destinations, and his brother actually plays for Arizona State. So this would be a quite a recruiting coup for Michigan. I feel good about their chances. Brown is just getting started. Greg Brown, they haven't been <clears throat> courting him as long. Uh, he did just visit. Very positive reviews from the visit. Uh, he's also looking at, you know, Kentucky, Texas, let me get this right, Auburn and Memphis and I, I would have to handicap Kentucky as the leader, uh, personally, right now. Kentucky has like 17% on the crystal ball. 83% is Texas, but I think those Texas picks are a little dated. I'm expecting that to fall. I don't think they're excited about the atmosphere of Texas basketball right now. It's I mean, we've covered that. It's certainly, it's certainly not warm. Plus, there's a chance there. he may not be there. It mm-hmm. seems like they're really into crowd support. Um they were really impressed with the crowd at Michigan's game. The other thing that's very important is he's a hybrid guy, you know, really to me, a four-man who is really scared of being a five- or four-man in college. He wants to be a three in college. They like Michigan because Michigan has a lot of big guys. And they have Hunter Dickerson, a seven-footer, who has already signed. So Michigan has a chance at two. I really feel good about one. Look, even even if they just get one, any any program will tell you going one for two on a pair of five stars. That's a coup. You know, that's that's a huge deal for anybody. Well, yeah. other, anybody who's other not Kentucky, than Duke or yeah, Kentucky, exactly. <laughs> yeah, going anyway. one for two. And speaking of I, Sam Webb, good. Yeah. Speaking of Sam Webb, if you're a Michigan fan, my man, Mr. Mbope, uh, you should check out Sam on the Inside Michigan Basketball Podcast. He and uh, our insider Tim McCormick do a great job over there covering Michigan hoops. Uh, they've had a bunch of former Michigan players, including. DJ Wilson, really fun stuff. They they do an episode every week, so go check that out. 
Yeah, one thing to note, if I may go back on Michigan, Michigan's 2020 class is ranked number four in the country. Uh, so that's something of note. But good chance they lose Isaiah Todd. They're one five-star at the moment uh, to pro- professional ranks, whatever he chooses to do. There's a lot of talk that he's going to go professional, but um, pretty pretty nice uh, recruiting class. You know, we've, we've kind of uh, jumped on them after you know, they had mm-hmm. their big start and then they kind of cooled off. They're not really so much in the mix for the big, the top of the Big Ten right now. But, you know, what? they have a decent team, certainly clearly a good coaching staff and, and a, a good recruiting class. Could We could be looking at yeah. a, a dangerous team in Michigan next year. Uh, indeed. The uh, future looks bright. People are excited about the situation. And if they could only get Greg Brown and trick him into coming there and playing them at the five, then they might have a good post defender. <laughs> That's been their their lack of post defense has really been an issue uh, from you know what I've seen here down this current stretch. Need need a little more athleticism. Well, and Ann Arbor, you know, defense has always been secondary. It's a, a team for the past you know decade or so, certainly been priding itself on the offensive end. But let's get let's get into it. You know, we had a recruiting question, and and the big story today for us is here at twenty four seven Sports. You know, our bread and butter is uh, college sports recruiting and we just released our, our first rankings of the class of 2022 and uh, I know Jerry so much work goes into that with you and the rest of the recruiting team and scouting team but you know I, I hate to boil down all your work to just one name but I think that's a conclusion where we're at you know it all comes down to Amani Bates at number one well he's the standout easy one to talk about <laughs> that's for sure and he's the one I'm most familiar with I don't really I've never in my 16-year career spent much time on freshmen or sophomore. And I've been more focused on the juniors and the seniors and trying to solidify uh, the ordering of those specific prospects. So, but there's always that one or two underclassmen that are going to catch my eye and my attention more so. And Amani is one of them. I remember, man, one of the best I've ever seen was Renardo Sidney. And he flamed out, so I don't know how many of our listeners are even aware of him. He ended up at Mississippi State and kind of ate himself and drank himself out of the SEC. And haven't heard much of him since, but, man, when he was a sophomore, he was Omari, Amani Badish as far as ability. But, yeah, Amani's tremendous. Uh, 6'8", 200-ish pounds, um, just to do everything wing can handle the ball like a point guard, can score from anywhere. And I, I really love his passing. I think he has his, I was going to ask you about that because it's kind of hard to find. Well, I, I think, I think it might be the greatest thing he does. Um, oh, so tell me about that because, you know, he well, has – he sees the court, can pass with either hand, can pass go in either direction. There's almost a sense of John Morant just in the fact that he's skinny like him and he can move at a high rate of speed in any direction – and still see the court. He sees the diagonal pass, which is the most threatening and most important, you know, assist available pass on the court. Typically, uh, I, I think he's just got a special knack there. Um, he could really ramp up his effort defensively and on the defensive boards. I assume that will happen because he does have a work ethic, and he is a competitor. And I think he plays to win. But yeah. And part of that, keep him out of foul trouble, high school. You know, you'll see guys tend to be on the fringes. And he has some teammates that are pretty good as far as 
guys that can get rebounds. But yeah, I'd like to, that's where I can see improvement for him. Defensive end effort, and then he does need to gain weight, and uh, you know, but he might end up being a Durant, Kevin Garnett type. That the weight doesn't matter because he is exceptionally skilled and he's long. So let's talk about that because you know one of the things that you know I, I went back you know I, I've I've seen Amani play before but you know today and yesterday in preparation for this show I want I you know I wanted to go back and watch and one of the things that stood out to me and I heard your voice talking in my head as I was watching it is that you know this is the opposite of soft and we were talking about Washington last week we were talking about guys who didn't quite have it and I'm seeing Amani Bates go one on three attacking guys hey, he's he's tough on offense yeah <laughs> he's a little soft on D. Well, that just, but that'll change because you see the capacity. But I, you saw his toughness. He has a fire to him. He has an intensity. If 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 not, at times it goes overboard a little bit. You know, one of the things that um, I'm a Celtics fan, and uh, you know, list, the Celtics right now with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have two young wings who are really discovering their offensive game. And one of my favorite analysts has said that you know the two of them have been learning how to change pace as they attack the hoop. That it's important to attack the hoop. That's where they're going to become you know superstars. But to be able to change pace and not just go at 100 miles an hour all the time. And I, I, watching this morning, I was like, this guy. He starts. He stops. He's got spins. He's he's got pull up. Yeah, he's got There's the a lot package. to him. He's got the whole package. Uh, a lot of that's maturity. I really like what you said there about, <clears throat> you know, changing pace, that whole concept. Because the idea is don't go any faster than you need to go. And a lot of young players, they're, they're just so enamored with speed, speed, speed. Well, it's just like a baseball pitcher. If all you do is throw 95-mile-an-hour fastballs, it begins to look like a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. <clears throat> um if you can slow down, only only go fast enough to beat your guy, then you have something left in the tank. You can always make a separation move to get more. You can set him up <clears throat> for that, um, you know, separation dribble or explosion where you try to take him off that dribble. And that takes time to learn. Uh, you know, Amani though, is pretty advanced in those regards because not only does he have all, like, the moves, I do think he has an understanding of changing speed as well. And that leads to the passing. It's a lot easier to see the court and to deliver an accurate pass at the right speed in the right spot to a teammate if you're not going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, obviously, you're probably going to be more accurate on your passing when you not, are not going at a speed that is unnecessarily too fast. So, so he's got he's got the knack to pass the ball. Obviously, he can attack the rim. And, you know, obviously this dude can stroke it. You know, I, I, I don't think I've seen a highlight where his jump shot touched rim yet. And I know that's exaggerating, but this dude, this dude can stroke well, it. Well, it's He's, not. It's a highlight. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't show the misses. A hundred percent. But so, so let's, let's, let's talk about history for a second because, you know, every single year we do rankings. And every single year, by definition, there has to be a number one. And so, and so the question then becomes you know, what does this number one mean in comparison to other number ones? You know, for example, our, our cousin Gary Parrish over at CBS, you know, talked this just this week about how disastrously bad this year's uh, current freshman class has been doing in the NCAAs. And, well, chances are Imani, you know, if he was in that class, probably would have been higher than them and would have brought up the class. So I'm curious, you know, where does Amani stack up with other number ones? Where does this ranking, what does this tell us in terms of a historical uh, comparison? Uh, 
Yeah, you know, again, he's a sophomore, and, you know, I don't – so it's tough because I'm judging a sophomore who actually just turned 16 with, you know, guys that I'm viewing as seniors in high school or rising seniors, and many of which I did not even see at this same time or same age that Amani's at. So it's a little tough. You know, I don't know if we know yet, but he certainly has a chance – um, to be a generational prospect, and you know, I, I hesitate to say that, but because those are big words. But he's really, really good. Um, it's just he's a sophomore in high school, <laughs> you know. So we got a lot of time here, but that's what we do here. I f- I'd feel more comfortable talking about it, you know, if he was coming if he was in the middle of his junior year, heading into his senior year. I, th- you know, that's when I feel like I get a better grasp on these guys. And I'm just talking me personally. I'm sure there are experts out there ranking freshmen and sophomores but it's very difficult but you know he's put it this way it's not much of a debate (laughs) like you know he's number one and who knows how good he's going to end up being because uh, you know like we just went over he i think offensively he has every single tool Uh, i like his mentality I, i hear he has a tremendous work ethic i feel like he competes I feel like it, it, he will naturally pick up effort on the defensive end, and it looks like he could be a great defensive player. So, you know, unless something bad happens. Knock on wood. He's, you know, he could be one of the best. Let's just put it that way. Well, you won't say names. I'll say names. People are people are on the, on the conservative end saying, you know, probably best prospect since Anthony Davis. On the more aggressive end, people are saying – could this guy potentially be as good a prospect? I'll use that word as LeBron James, and obviously as Luka Doncic. Oh, I'm sorry, you said LeBron. <laughs> I love Luka. I love LeBron. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, uh, some of the I really like Derrick Rose, man. When I scouted him, but you know, <laughs> Derrick Rose was a bouncy dude before he got hurt. Well, Monty know, also very some, bouncy. He did win too. some MVPs, didn't he? I'm just saying this is tough, and yeah. I and I and I, I know how good Renato Sidney was as a sophomore, and he was a can't miss, you know, just blow your mind type prospect, and obviously that one didn't end up well. Well, so the, the you know you've already hinted at this, but the two I think biggest questions uh, for Amani really have nothing to do with his basketball game, and it's about size. Um, you know, he basically grew two inches this past year. He he's thin as a rail. Uh, and so the question is, you know, you know, in terms of durability, in terms of stacking up against uh, bigger guys, you know, if he if he grows another two inches, he's basically going to be six ten, six eleven. That's really Durantish, uh, with the you know with the potential to get you know kind of pushed around. Um, and so that's a huge question, and th- that's a matter of development over the next two years that you know we really obviously can't predict. Well, he's really really good, and then but. I don't mean he's the only one out there really, really good. So, for example, Anthony Davis is being thrown out a lot. No one knew who Anthony Davis was when he was 16 years old and a sophomore in high school. And I, don't, I think he was 6'2". Yeah, he hadn't hit his growth <laughs> You know, yet. so, man, things change. And, you know, oh, wow, LeBron's the greatest. And then, Or Jordan was, and there's Kobe. Then there's LeBron. Then there's Steph Curry. And then there's Kevin Durant, Russell Williams, you know, Russell Westbrook. You know, I can go on now. Luka Doncic, uh, the Greek freak. Um, you know, it's just, it's just hard for me to say, oh, this guy's going to be better than all of them. You know, I think that's a little presumptuous. Look, the one thing, the one thing that, you know, and I forgot to name Anthony Davis in that list as well. It's, 
it's both exciting and a little nerve-wracking as a fan to see a player like this pronounced to be potentially in that class so young when you know he just yeah. turned 16 and like I, you said if we keep it at that it's pretty good but people are going beyond that well it's, it's not just <laughs> they, that they're leaving out the potential part so so and, and maybe as a sophomore but you know and there's a very good chance he will be but it i, I agree it's nerve-wracking because that's a lot of pressure exactly what i was going to say so you know on on the positive side if it turns out that we're right and amani bates is all that you know and and a side of hamburger whatever the phrase is you know if, if he's all that, then we get to enjoy it, know that what we're watching is developing into an all-time great from 16. And we have the opportunity to see him now, to see him next year, to see him his senior year, all the way through college or, you know, or the pros, however he ends up doing his path. You know, that's fun for us. But on the flip side... I think a lot about Bryce Harper because, you know, baseball is my first sport. And he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. And even though he had uh, a second, second uh, an MVP voting season, people still think he's a bust because we were saying he was the greatest thing since the game of baseball was ever created. Wow, and, people think and, he's a bust? Well, yeah, because he, wow. you know, he, he's never won an MVP. He's never won a World Series. He's had struggled to keep his batting average. And mm-hmm. all that is the kind of pressure where if you look at Amani Bates in six years and he's only putting up, you know, 13 and four, and he's a productive player in the NBA. And people are like, this guy was supposed to be, you know, the person who forces us to, 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 you know, move the hoop to 12 feet tall. And that was how good he was supposed to be. He was supposed to change the game. And, and that, you know, and so, on, you know, we have these two edges. And, and so I'm anxious for, uh, you know, this to not ruin Amani for us. And on the other hand, I'm really excited to see, you know, over the next few years, because, you know, I mean, when he plays against high school kids, he's dropping thirty a game right now. He's 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 dropping games where he's over fifty points. I mean, it's just fun to see. <clears throat> yep, no doubt it'll be an interesting one to watch, to say the least. <laughs> well, we will see. We will see. So let's 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 take a quick break. And on the other side, uh, you and I are going to look at uh, for the first time this season. We're going to look at some Vegas odds for the uh, national championship. We'll see you after the break. All right, we're back. 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Hit us up on Twitter, at 24-7 Sports CBB Pod. I'm here, Tony Levitt, with Jerry Meyer, College Basketball's assist king. We just got through talking about number one prospect in the class of 2022, Amani Bates, player who many have compared to Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And time will tell what he will become, but we at the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show are excited for whatever he brings, and potentially, you know, in a couple years, maybe he'll be bringing a college program to a national championship. Obviously, there are questions about whether or not people will be able to go straight to the NBA again by then, but for now, you know, we still think about the national championship, and so I wanted to pivot. Jerry texted me this morning. He said, let's, let's think about national championship. It's already midway through February, and it's time to start thinking about who's going to win it all. So we went up on uh, Vegas Insider, pulled up the uh, the national championship odds, and we were just going to go through them. Jerry, I know you have some teams that you wanted to, to bring up with some interesting odds. I circled one in the much lower range as a maybe a dark horse for myself, but let's get into it. So at the best, we have Gonzaga and Kansas with 7-1 to odds, then Duke immediately after 8-1, to and then Baylor, Dayton, and Seton Hall round out the top six with 12 to 1 odds. Behind them, we've got Louisville 14 to 1, Auburn 16 to 1, Maryland, San Diego State, and West Virginia at 20 to 1. And those are our presumptive favorites. Jerry, which among these stand out to you? 
<clears throat> well, of the ones that you mentioned, yeah, I think Kansas is really good. Um, just quick, physical, athletic, tough, such a Bill Self, self type team. I think they're a danger. <clears throat> I mean, Baylor seems very legit. I think that little section there, Baylor, Dayton, Seton Hall, I mean, to me, I'd like to call them dark horses, but I guess they are not. <laughs> They're up here pretty high. Kind of, you know, I've I really liked Seton Hall for a while, and so it makes me feel a little better about myself that there's some other people that agree. Um, man, I'm big on Auburn. I think Auburn is dangerous. Uh, just they're, you know, weren't they Final Four last year? Mm-hmm. Or do I have the years messed up? No, that and was last year. they look year. every bit as good. They sh- are they and Coro is a great player. I love. Uh, is it Doty, Daughtry, Dotry number t- uh, ten? Uh, he's tough, and then McCormick's good. I mean, they have some players, and then they got a space eater inside. Uh, help me, Wiley Austin. Yeah, Austin so, Wiley. Austin Wiley. Thank you. I knew. I knew I was off on that. And so, anyway, those are ones to mention. Not sure what I think about like Michigan State, Maryland. Before wait, before yeah. you move on, mm. you know, you you said you've been in on Seton Hall, and one thing about Seton Hall that really got me excited was in the middle of the season when they lost Miles Powell and they lost Mamashvili, their top two players. They beat Maryland. Yeah, they they won games without without their top two players on the court. I love their point guard. And that says to me, McKnight. that says to me that they, you know, if if their top player, if Miles Powell is somehow having an off game, which I struggle to imagine, but if but if Miles Powell is having an off game, they've got they've got dudes to step up. Yeah. That that really speaks to me as they're a, a good team. team. Yeah, deep. Because anytime you have a scorer like a Miles Powell, there are going to be off nights. <laughs> He's going to take a lot of shots every night, and some nights. It's not going to go so well, or they're going to defend him well. Um, but I hear you on that. I, I think McKnight's a very good player. <clears throat> I like him in the backcourt for him. San Diego State, you know, I, I kind of like the value there, 20-1, to 1, but I just it's tough for me to see them doing it, although there's so much I like about them. I think they're very well coached. I think they really have an identity. They have a system. They know what they want, exactly what they want to do on defense and offense. They have a great leader player in Malachi Flynn. I mean, he just exudes winning. You know, he's just one of those guys to me, like a Peyton Pritchard. And uh, they got other guys who can make shots in this backcourt with them. Uh, Fagan, Shackle, Shackle, they, they will make shots. And Mitchell's an interesting player. You know, undersized big guy who can is like a little bit of a punisher. I just worry about him physicality and strength inside. You know, Wenzel, the transfer from Vanderbilt, I think is leading them in rebounding. I just wonder if they're physical, tough enough inside uh, to go all the way. But they're a very fun team to watch. Really like them. In this Knicks section, I got a team, uh, Kentucky Wildcats. I can't believe they're twenty-five to one. I, I see value there. Um, as a dark horse, I mean, I think Villanova, there's some value, although I'm not huge on this year's Villanova team, but they have experience. I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to recommend that one. <laughs> Look, Let's one... move on to Creighton. I mean, oh, yeah. Tell, dude, tell me about that. 80 to 1. They just beat Seton Hall at Seton Hall. Maybe that would be my value pick. You know, throw a little money on eighty to one. That, it's funny. It's funny that you said odds. you chose Creighton because for me, for my value pick, uh-huh. um, uh, just a little ahead of them, Marquette sixty to one. Yeah. And and for me, when I was looking at that, they look like to me like Seton Hall light. You know, where you have Marcus Howard, 
who's going to just drop buckets. You know that. That's that's yeah. bank. Put Marcus that Howard's huge. And and they're winning games. The you know the question about uh, Marquette coming into the season you know was never about whether or not Marcus Howard is not a baller because everyone knew Marcus Howard was a baller. The question was you know can anybody besides him step up? And they're getting production from all across their roster and they're winning games. They're you know on the cusp of the top twenty five every single week and. And so for me, you know, it's six games. All you need to do is get hot. And so when I see a team that's pulling out games right now and has a score like Marcus Howard, that, that for me, yells value at 60-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, another team that jumps out is Florida State. I think they're pretty good. What are their odds? 40-1. to 40-1. to so one. That's a top-10 team, 40-1. to one. Yeah. So anyway, those are, those are some ones that kind of stand out to me. I like it. I like. I also like just you know for my own sake that we didn't talk about Maryland twenty to one. And we're just oh, gonna, no, Maryland's well, legit, but that sounds about right to me. I mean, I, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I see value there. No, absolutely no like value. Like them there. and Michigan State at twenty to one. You know, actually, I think they're maybe getting overvalued a little bit. I I don't know. I I kind like of feel 30 like thirty to one would be more of my thought. Whatever it is. You know, any anybody who's uh, watched the tournament knows that it's all crapshoot. But it's uh, it's exciting nonetheless to start thinking about this. You know, we are we are nearing the end of conference play, um, and you know when you start seeing uh, teams starting to uh, separate themselves, and, and one team I, I feel like we should mention here, we got Illinois, and I think what are they thirty to one. Uh, eighty to one. Eighty to one for well, Illinois. Actually, That's crazy to me because they they are just behind Maryland in the at the top of the Big Ten. They've got a number of guys contributing in the starting lineup. Desumu really good. I I really enjoyed uh, Feliz, and and obviously you know in the middle they got the big guy. So eighty to one. I know they haven't been there. I know that the, the, the name Illinois is not gonna uh, you know invoke. Uh, or evoke winning uh, memories, but Zang, that, that's a that's a top two team in the biggest co- uh, in the best conference in the league, and and, and we're putting them at eighty to one. Dang, yeah, gamblers don't like them. <laughs> well, you know how much is that? How much is that? Is uh, is the name? You know, we, how, how often do you see the the line move in weird places for the Cowboys, for the Patriots, for the? Well, Lakers? that's why I'm surprised Kentucky's twenty five to one. I guess the Sharks must be just really out on them. Because the name value usually carries it. Yeah. And I would think the Sharps would have them up higher. Well, I mean, right, the Sharps don't like them. We're getting into Sharps, and we're getting into too much. Well, you're going to have Sharps setting lines. You're going to have Sharps doing the gambling. But, yeah, that just it strikes me as odd. I don't know the explanation for it. Like, I would have Kentucky ahead of San Diego State, Maryland, Michigan State. I'd have them up there with Auburn, at least. I really think this Kentucky team's good. And what I like about this Kentucky team is I'm seeing steady and pretty rapid improvement. And in some cases, cataclysmic improvement. Because no one thought Nick Richards – I mean, look at what Nick Richards has given them. Ashton Hagens is really – not only is Ashton Hagens taking over point guard, I feel like their guards are gelling. I don't sense jealousy. I don't – I sense a great chemistry. I sense three great defenders on the perimeter – and I, you know, I just think they're a very, very dangerous team in March. All right, you heard it here first. Kentucky good at basketball. Um, Jerry, you got any parting words? Because I think that's, that's a, about to do it for us. That's about all I got. All right, guys. Well, that's that's what we have for this uh, this year's NCAA tournament odds. We'll be we'll be coming back, thinking about national champions as uh, the month goes on, as we move closer to the tournament itself. Be sure to do do yourself a favor. 
when you finish uh, listening to this podcast and, and after you go on Apple Podcasts, give us a nice five-star rating and review. Thank you kindly. Do yourself a favor and go watch some Imani Bates highlights because this dude is a baller. And ballers are cool and fun to watch. And he's going to be an exciting story to cover over the next few years as we get closer and closer to him graduating high school. I mean, like like you said, Jerry, he's 16 years old now. And there's, uh, there's plenty of room and time for him to grow. Nonetheless, he's an exciting prospect to, to keep an eye on right now. So if you haven't already, Imani Bates, check that dude out. That's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. For Jerry Meyer, I'm your host, Tani Levitt. We'll see you next week.